Welcome to the H1B Guy podcast. This is the audio-only version of the H1B Guy news for the week ending April 23rd, 2021, originally posted on YouTube. The H1B Guy podcast is proudly sponsored by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital perm ads since 2001, and by Path to Canada. Path to Canada is the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently in the U.S., whose status may be uncertain. The H-1B guy here, and today, the H-1B guy news for the week ending April 23rd, 2021. Today, I'll cover DHS seeks comments, companies still sponsoring foreign talent, and international entrepreneur parole. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention the H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. Today's news is brought to you by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital perm ads since 2001. And also by Path to Canada. Path to Canada is the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Path to Canada is your answer. Well, Here we are, another week, and we had the May 2021 Visa Bulletin that posted, and I did my H-1B Guy Grades video yesterday, where the biggest jumps that we saw were for India, EB-3, final action dates, and China, EB-2, dates of filing. But without any further ado, let's get to the news for the week. Now, the news. April 19th, 2021, in a news release on USCIS.gov titled DHS Seeks Public Input to Identify Barriers that Limit or Prevent Access to Immigration Benefits and Services. Quote, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, is seeking comment from the public on how U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, USCIS, can reduce barriers that prevent both U.S. and foreign citizens from obtaining access to the full assortment of legally available immigration services and benefits. DHS published a request for public input in the Federal Register seeking the public's input on barriers to USCIS benefits and services, including but not limited to adjustment of status, naturalization, H-1B non-immigrant status, refugee status, asylum, and parole. A central goal of the request for public input is to promote equity, above all by reducing administrative burdens, undue complexity, unnecessary confusion, and processing waiting times. The department requests feedback about any regulations or processes that disproportionately burden disadvantaged, vulnerable, or marginalized communities. This effort will help identify process improvements for USCIS to operate more efficiently and effectively and to approve its administration of the nation's immigrant benefits, a core pillar in the agency's mission. These improvements have the potential to provide major benefits to individuals, state, local, tribal, and territorial governments, small business and startups, educational institutions of all kinds, and nonprofits. This announcement is part of the department's commitment to fulfill the promise of President Biden's February 2nd, 2021 Executive Order 14,012, 
restoring faith in our legal immigration systems and strengthening integration and inclusion efforts for new Americans, which directs responsible federal agencies to identify strategies that promote inclusion and identify barriers that impede access to immigration benefits. The public may submit comments identified by docket number USCIS 2021-4-0004, excuse me. Through the federal e-rulemaking portal, please follow the instructions for submitting comments. All written comments are requested on or before May 19th. Comments submitted in a manner other than the one listed in the Federal Register, including emails or letters sent to DHS or USCIS officials, may not be viewed. Feedback from this initiative will be used to refine and strengthen strategic plans, consider reforms, execute reports pursuant to President Biden's Executive Order 14,012, Changes and or process improvements based on this feedback will be at the sole discretion of DHS. I know a lot of us have been wondering what is the current administration's strategy as it relates to immigration reform. Going back to the release of the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021 on day one and the very quiet response to many of the pressing issues facing legal employment-based immigrants today. While the pace at which they are looking to make the changes isn't what we most likely would like to see, this open comment period on the Federal Register comes as a bit of a welcome surprise and Hopefully, it's a step in the right direction. There are a total of 13 questions that have been posted for comments, and individuals have until May 19th to make those comments. I may do a post on the 13 questions and include my answers for DHS and USCIS. However, I employ you, and that is each and every one of you individually, to take the time to make a comment at least one comment. I know I'm going to. April 20th, 2021. In an article written by Nick Kolakowski for DICE titled, Companies Visa Plans Unchanged Despite Rise of Remote Work. Quote, the rise of remote work won't impact many companies' decisions around sponsoring more foreign nationals for employment, according to a new study by Envoy Global, a global immigration services provider. Envoy Global based its report on surveys with more than 500 HR professionals and hiring managers across the United States. Despite the widespread adoption of remote work in the wake of COVID-19 pandemic, which in theory will make it easier for companies to find specialized talent wherever it exists in the U.S., some 41% of respondents said they'd likely sponsor more foreign nationals for employment. Meanwhile, 30% said that remote work won't impact their sponsorship levels, and 28% said they'd likely sponsor fewer foreign nationals for employment. Another 1% weren't sure. In a worrisome twist for domestic technologists, of the 28% of respondents who said they sponsor fewer foreign nationals due to increased remote work, some 45% said they would outsource the roles or move the jobs outside of the U.S. That's almost as many who said they'd hire more domestically. The U.S. Department of Labor is currently asking for public input on determining H-1B levels, which hints that Biden administration is interested in potentially enacting a Trump-era proposal to assign H-1B visas based on wage levels as opposed to a lottery. That's in addition to Biden's Citizenship Act of 2021, which prioritized 
visas based on wages, as well as give both the Secretaries of Homeland Security and Labor the ability to determine the appropriate wage levels, provided that the act actually becomes law, of course. H-1B visas tied to higher wages would disrupt the business model of consulting and outsourcing firms, which generally pay H-1B workers lower average salaries than technology companies. It would also force companies with smaller talent budgets to prioritize how many foreign nationals they potentially try to sponsor. That could lead to quite a bit of a debate and commentary should this higher wage requirement continue to build momentum. You know, I know I sound like a broken record, uh, but COVID-19 rapidly accelerated the digital borderless society that we all now live and work in. While we are seeing a return to work with the increased vaccinations, it still is something that's, that's here to stay. It did not, however, decrease the demand on high-skilled immigrants being located in the U.S. I think some of the statistics from the Envoy Global Survey are very telling. And for those of you uh, who are not aware, Envoy Global is one of the largest online legal U.S. immigration representation entities in the business. Um, the interesting thing about this data, though, is it said 30% said remote work will not deter their intent to sponsor foreign workers, while only 28% said that they would sponsor more. But I think the biggest nugget from this article and from the survey is the fact where it says 45% of those that answer said that they would outsource uh, the roles or move those jobs outside of the U.S., you know, it's very clear to me that the human capital arms race is happening in the here and now. And the fact that, you know, Envoy Global surveyed 500 HR professionals and those that said that they were going to sponsor more or less, you're looking at almost 50% of the organizations that said they're considering outsourcing. And to me, that's a clear sign of the impact of our archaic employment-based immigration laws. April 22nd, 2021, in an article written by Susan Cohen for Bloomberg Law titled Little Known Rule Provides Immigration Path for Foreign Entrepreneurs. Quote, H-1B selection process is highly competitive and the uncertainty involved is stressful for everyone involved. It is that much more stressful for foreign founders and shareholders of startup companies who face even more hurdles in the process than others. It would seem logical that having an ownership stake in a U.S. startup company, an objective indicator of the shareholder's commitment to making his or her company succeed in the U.S. marketplace, should be a positive factor in the eyes of the government. Unfortunately, it is seen as a negative factor and something that must be overcome when seeking an H-1B visa. The U.S. does not have a temporary work visa category designed for foreign entrepreneurs. Attempts by Congress over the years that passed startup visa legislation have all ended in failure. There is the E-2 investor visa, but this temporary work visa is only available to citizens of specific countries that have treaties with the U.S., and it is a premised on the concept of foreign direct investment. For this visa to be viable, the U.S. company must at all times be at least 50% owned by the foreign entrepreneur or others who share his or her nationality. As soon as the ownership percentage of the U.S. company drops below 50% foreign ownership, the visa status becomes void. This automatic voiding of foreign entrepreneurs' E-2 visa status is a cause of great frustration, both for foreign entrepreneurs and their U.S. funders. Venture capitalists must have assurances that the founders they have backed will have the legal right to stay in the U.S. and continue to grow their companies. On the bright light at this, one bright light at this time is that the International Entrepreneur Parole, IEP rule. 
The rule provides a temporary immigration pathway for foreign entrepreneurs who have founded U.S. companies that have attracted venture capital or other funding and are likely to grow and add jobs to the U.S. economy, which is a significant public benefit. Parole is not a visa status. Rather, it is a type of immigration status that authorizes the beneficiary the right to enter and stay in the U.S. for a specific period of time granted by the Department of Homeland Security. The parolee is not admitted into the U.S. the way someone is on a student or visitor visa. This is a drawback of parole status because the parolee may not change a to a different immigration status such as H-1B in the U.S. because they've not been admitted. However, the parolee would be eligible to file a petition for an H-1B visa, and if approved, the parolee would then exit the U.S. and return with the new H-1B visa stamped into their passport. Parolee status is granted for an initial period of two years with an option for a three-year extension if the business continues to grow. Well, one of the biggest negatives that I hear about working on an H-1B visa is the fact that those doing so cannot own businesses, or at least only can have 49% stake. And in turn, this restricts immigrant-driven innovation and entrepreneurship. I'm also aware of the many issues that plague the longevity of remaining in the U.S. under an E-2 visa. Admittedly, I'm not familiar with the International Entrepreneur Parole, IEP, as it isn't a visa, but this appears to be an option for those who have raised enough capital for an existing business to take a further look and that may have not been able to obtain an H-1B visa via the H-1B lottery. Uh, while the visa, the, excuse me, the status, the IEP status appears to be valid for two years and then a three-year extension, so valid for up to five years. But regardless, the IEP still points back to the direction of the H-1B visa and the H-1B cycle that for the present time is a road with no end in sight and completely dependent on your country of birth. Again, another clear sign that we need to reform our employment-based immigration laws to be less restrictive for foreign entrepreneurs who have created companies that will innovate, grow, and create jobs. For the full post on the H-1B Guy News for the week ending April 23rd, 2021, please check out the h1bguy.com. Reminder that today's news was brought to you by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital perm ads since 2001. This national job board network provides recruitment websites in 1,024 major U.S. metro areas. Each local job board is its own portal and is a low-cost resource for immigration recruitment ads for all industries and professions with a flat price of $225 per ad regardless of which city you choose. RecruiterNetworks.com has been the number one place for immigration attorneys, immigration ad agencies, and employers to meet the DOL requirements for the digital portion of the PERM advertisement rules. RecruiterNetworks.com. Tell them the H-1B guy sent you. And the news is also brought to you by Path to Canada. Path to Canada provides a plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B. Path to Canada is your answer and will help you navigate the process. Interested in finding out more? Click the link in the description below. Just wanted to ask you again to please like this video, subscribe to the H-1B Guy channel here on YouTube, and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel. If you've made it this far, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to watch my video. I really appreciate your support. The H-1B Guy, your global source for all things H-1B.